Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to The Robbie Rowe Show. You're listening to Episode 74 with Brandon Bailey. Let's hear a soundbite from Brandon. The reason why I go to driveline uh, and train in the off season is because they have the Edratronic, they have the Rapsodo, the portable TrackMan, like all of that kind of information that I need um, that I use during the season uh, to help me progress as a baseball player. Have your attention, please. Now listening to Clear the Mechanism. The Robbie Rose Show. The Robbie Rose Show. Yo, what's going on, guys? It's your boy Robbie Rowland here on The Robbie Rowe Show. Um, I got Brandon Bailey on the show. Uh, we first got introduced via Instagram. I'm sure you guys are tired of hearing that. But um, Brandon's a pitcher for the Houston Astros. He was drafted in uh, 2016 from Gonzaga University. And um, he got drafted by the Oakland A's and then later traded to the Houston Astros, where he is currently at Corpus Christi, which is double A for the Astros. Um, Brandon's got an interesting story just due to the fact that he is a five foot ten, he says on a good day, pitcher. Um, he says realistically five eight. Those are his words, not mine, so it's fine. I could say that. Um, so it's it's interesting, right? Like talking to uh, talking to a pitcher that uh, is having success at a high level of professional baseball and doesn't really fit the standard prototypical you know pitcher. Uh, so in this episode, we'll dive into how the Houston Astros kind of run their pitching staff across all the levels. Um, we'll talk about you know his his experience with the Oakland A's. Talk about his draft experience. He. Um, you know, obviously, we'll, we'll dive into the whole story behind how he got traded because that's just interesting in, in and of itself. And then we'll dive into you know the whole Statcast era, data analytics. I think it's no secret that the Astros are really big on that. They're really advanced as far as you know being an organization in the major in Major League Baseball, putting a lot of attention to you know data analytics and not just data analytics, but like electronic cameras as well to really get the most out of their athletes and. Um, and then we'll we'll talk about how Brandon spins a fastball that he says averages around 2,700 RPMs, which to me is just like crazy because I'm like on the opposite side of the spectrum. Like I'm I'm super low spinner over here, guys. <laughs> but um, yeah, man, it's a it's a good episode. We'll talk for about 30 minutes. The day we recorded this, Brandon was actually uh, starting that day, so 
a little bit pressed for time, but I appreciate him coming on the show even on a start day. I don't even know if I would do that. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's what I got for you guys. Uh, if you guys didn't know already, my website is back up and running. I encourage you guys to check that out. You can find all of the links to that in the show notes, therobbyroshow.com. Um, I just produced my first ever ebook, which is like crazy to me. <laughs> it's on uh, it's on my personal mobility routine. So if you're a guy that struggles with mobility, if you're a guy that wants to uh, you know or wants to dive into the realm of mobility but just doesn't know the correct things to do, I can give you my things that I do. Um, from T-spine work, from morning routines, night routines, to gym routines, pre- and post-training routines, yoga stuff, FRC, uh, dynamic warm-ups, all of the stuff that I do is in my ebook. Uh, like I said, it'll be linked in the show notes, but uh, robbyroshow.com forward slash ebook uh, will take you right to the page. It's only 10 bucks, and you'll get, uh, I want to say, like 30-plus videos as far as my mobility stuff goes. But uh, yeah. So you can go check the website out. Like I said, therobbyroshow.com. Go ahead and give it a gander. I'm trying to do like a blog uh, slash breakdown of an MLB pitcher a day, which is a lot of work. <laughs> I didn't realize that. But uh, yeah, guys, so appreciate you guys for tuning in today's episode uh, with Brandon Bailey. And uh, let's get right to it, guys. Hope you guys enjoy. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, episode 74. Um, I'm here with Brandon Bailey. Uh, Brandon, so... You kind of just off the air explained to me this this interesting um, dynamic that you call tandem starting, and I feel bad that I'm going to have to have you explain it all over again. But dude, that's like an interesting thing that that the Houston Astros do. Do you mind telling like my audience kind of like what that is, why it is, and, and kind of why they believe in doing that? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, basically, what tandem starting is is where you take roughly eight to ten pitchers, and they're all starters. And what you do is you pair them together. So you'd have two guys pitch game one, two guys pitch game two, and so on and so forth. And basically why the Astros do tandem starting is simply because they're trying to um, lower our innings and pitch count early on in the season and progressively build us up as the season goes. Um, so, for example, um, most tandem guys, um, if you're the front-end starter, so if you're the guy that starts the first inning, you're roughly going 75, 80 pitches um, and trying to get through the first four innings. Uh -huh. Then we'll have a bridge reliever come in and bridge the gap of that fifth inning. And then the second tandem starter um, comes in for the innings six through nine. Um, mm. I personally find that um, advantageous for a couple of different reasons, um, kind of like we were talking before the show started. Um, one thing that the majority of guys that get called up to the big leagues – most guys are starting pitchers in the minors. And then when they get called up to the big leagues, well, then they're put in the bullpen. And for a lot of guys, they've never pitched in the pen before. And it's something that, as you know, it's way different than being able to start, have your own pregame routine, go through a full bullpen, everything scripted. And then you have, you know, the anthem and all that different kind of thing. But mm -hmm. then you might be a reliever and in the big leagues get thrown in on the fly. We got runners on first and second one out, you know, Mike Trout's up, go, good luck. You know what I mean? <laughs> so you're in a lose-lose like, situation. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and so for me, that's one reason I really like the tandem concept is because, um, ever since I was a kid all the way through college and even these first couple of years into professional baseball, 
I've always been a starter. So kind of learning how to get my arm ready in like five minutes tops and then go into the game and try and get somebody out. That's been a huge challenge for me Um, just because I'm such a routine based person. And if you talk to anybody in Astros organization or Oakland or back at where I went to college at Gonzaga, they will absolutely vouch that I am a huge routine based guy. Um, So for me, I think that it's awesome to have this tandem opportunity where I get to start one week and then the next week I'm coming out of the pen, but I'm still I'm still keeping my pitch count at that 75, 80 pitches. And then as the season progresses, you know, they start building this up to, you know, 90, 100 pitches. And um, then we start kind of breaking off into guys having their own games and having their own starts and kind of more of a normal uh, type of way of pitching staff is handled as the season progresses into July and August. Right. Dude, yeah. you're talking to like, you're, you're talking to the most routinist guy, like, in the world. <laughs> so like I, I fully respect, you know what I think, and I think uh, it's no secret now that like everyone kind of knows they look at the Astros and they're like, dude, they got to figure it out. You know, like yeah. I saw a stat, uh, I think driveline put out like a, an article or a blog or something. And it showed the, uh, all the organizations and like the, the draft that, that I don't know if you saw it. I, I'm, I, it's kind of hard to explain, uh, but they, they did, um, they did like every organization and they, they determined the value that they're getting out of the individuals, the that draft. They draft. Yeah. And it was mm-hmm. like, y'all were like number two. I forget who's mm-hmm. number one. It was probably like the, maybe the Braves. Um, but it was like, that's an interesting stat. And the, the coolest thing that I think out of the tandem starting man is, as you, and you probably agree with this as well is like, you get a lot of young guys that go to a pro ball and they don't have a role established and Mm -hmm. they just kind of, I'm talking from the pitching side and they just kind of, you know, even in the bullpen, they're like, well, I guess I could pitch today. Um, if we're up by this many, I guess I could throw or if we're down, I guess I can throw. And you get the most out of your guys when like y'all know when you're going out there, you know, I know the best that I've thrown in, in bulk in the bullpen has been like, okay, Hey Rob, you're, you know, you're the eighth inning guy or you're the bridge guy or whatever. And I think mm-hmm. just establishing like those type of roles for your pitchers is like gives you guys the ability to know. And that's that's really the biggest thing for me going forward is like I want to know like when I'm throwing. And I know you have the anomalies sometimes that are the guys that, you know, they're like, I don't want to know. I'm I'm going to sleep until mm-hmm. the fifth inning and then get out there and go. <laughs> um, so yeah. you, uh, dude, I, I pulled up your baseball reference, and thanks for making me feel old, dude. You were born in '94. Yeah, 1994. Frick, uh, dude. <laughs> no, you have you have no idea, man. And it's like for the for me, do you feel, I feel old? old. Yeah. I feel old I on the team that I'm on because the Astros they do not fool around. Like if no. they see that you're doing well in rookie ball, short season, low A. They push you really hard. And like we've got, uh, heck, like some of the most talented guys on our team are 22, 23 years old. And here I am, 24. And you're like, I don't feel. Dude, you're 24 and dove. Yeah. I know. know. But that's for the Astros. You're like, man, I I feel feel a little bit old. And that's just, it's just the reality of how the Astros do their business. You know, they push guys fast. They kind of challenge you in the upper levels, see if you sink or swim. And, uh, if it works out, great. If not, um, they're definitely uh, preparing you for what your ultimate goal is going to be like. Like if you want to pitch in the big leagues, um, obviously there's that kind of talk that the jump from high A to double A is 
almost basically kind of the same, if not even a little bit bigger than going from like AAA to the big leagues. Mm. Um, it's kind of that level where it's like, all right, this is kind of where you truly find out like if, if you can make it, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, um, they don't fool, they don't fool around. They don't waste your time, you know? And I actually respect that a lot. And I personally am somebody that, um, as I continue to progress, the, you know, the talent level continues to rise and rise and you start to face the cream of the crop. Um, I always seem to find a way to take my game to another notch or another level. And, um, I always find a way to get better from that. Yeah, you have to. You know, yeah, 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 you I don't mean, have a choice. Yeah, like you said, sink <laughs> or swim, man. Um, yeah. So drafted by Oakland in uh, 2016. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, what was the uh, what was the move there? How'd you get to Houston? Um. Yeah. So I pitched um, my first year and a half with Oakland. I you know pitched Thought you that were in first. <laughs> yeah. Oh God! Don't don't ra- remind me. <laughs> I was just I, uh, my, trying to remember the hotel, uh, the Road Dog Inn. Right? Oh, the Road Dog. The Road man. Dog. The Road Dog. Yeah. Hey, the great breakfast though. I did a food Quality challenge breakfast. there. Yes. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I try not to uh, think about my two months, three months in Beloit as much as I can. But <laughs> well, you shoved. I mean, yeah. If I mean, there's that. Yeah, that's yeah. That might have been the advantage of coming from a cold weather state and then coming from Gonzaga, also another cold weather state in Washington. And April, May, it's like. 25 degrees in Beloit and yeah. everyone else is freaking out like how are we playing baseball right now and I'm like this dude actually, the Midwest like, League that, in general that, man. that different for me <sighs> yeah. yeah but yeah so um actually it's funny that you say <laughs> Beloit because that's actually a reoccurring topic with all my current teammates here in double a is like we start talking about you know low a high a where some people play right. cool players you played against and for me it, everyone argues that I might have had the worst a ball experience in terms of affiliates you could ever ask for. Mm. Um, so I started, I started in Vermont and I don't know if you've ever been to Vermont. In the I, Penn League, I, but I never was in the pen. That, that, I was that on is, rehab. Yeah. Oh, that that's uh, an experience in itself. The clubhouse had dirt floors. Oh yeah. We had wooden lockers. It was crammed super tight. Um, the showers were not ideal, super <laughs> hot. Um, the stadium was built in like the early 1900s. So like, it's like a classic stadium, you know, it's kind of one of those, like you have like a little bit of, Oh wow. So-and-so played here back in seven. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) Or like, yeah, something like that. And, uh, but the road teams, I guess like the showers always flooded into like where the lockers were and everything. So like when I was talking to some of my Astros teammates, they were like, yeah, man, that place is awful. And I was like, yeah, I, I can feel you on that. And then I go to Beloit and Loe, which needs no explanation by far, in my opinion, the worst possible place you can play in minor league baseball. Um, and then we go to Stockton, California, which is in the Cal league. And you're like, Oh, wow, California League, this is going to be awesome. You know, you think like beaches, nice weather, total opposite in Stockton. It's actually like super dry. You feel like Dude. you're in the middle of nowhere. It's the ports, so man. The ports, man. But the stadium was nice. I'll, yeah, I'll give it is Stockton a really that. Nice the stadium. stadium was nice. But the the thing is, though, is the, the surrounding area is <laughs> kind of rough. It's yeah. not exactly it's not exactly the, the safest town I've ever been in. Right. Um, and then also on top of that, in Stockton is where I finally had the minor league experience of four four guys to a two bedroom apartment. Everyone's laying on air mattresses. We got lawn chairs as furniture, you know, and uh, 
we got the cardboard box and the TV we got on Craigslist set up in the living room. You know, just the most. And then also, by the way, it's five hundred dollars a month for rent for each guy. And you know, as a minor leaguer, that that really hurts. Something fierce. Gotta love California, man. Yeah. So then, after my first year and a half with Oakland, I went back to Gonzaga University, and I was working on finishing my degree in oh, sport wow. management. Yep. Uh, we knocked that out. I did that my first two off seasons. I went back after short season, did a semester. And then after my first full season, went and did a semester and graduated. So got that done. Got that for you, man. Good for you. I just, uh, I just know myself and I was like, you know, I'd, I'd rather not be 30 years old, probably have a family going back. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Back to college with a bunch of 18 19 20 year olds you know what i mean i'd rather do it yeah i want i want to ask a question dude like sorry for interrupting but like that's an interesting topic because like i've never talked about that on my show as far as like you getting drafted and you get drafted your junior year and Mm -hmm. so you have um you have one year left right i mean at that point where you drafted you have one year left um yeah and like most guys are like i'm getting the f out of here dude like i'm finally free of this stuff what was it yeah and i know you said you knew yourself and 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 that kind of gave you a motive to to go back Mm -hmm. but like was it one of those things that you knew all along when you were going through your draft process your junior year that you were like okay i need to come back and i need to do this and then you made sure that you got it in your contract from oakland to pay for Mm -hmm. that schooling yeah. So for me, uh, I actually going into the draft process, I actually had an internship lined up with Nike, uh, for Nike N7. Ah, it's, uh, yeah, you're a sneakerhead. Uh, That's right. Yes. I'm a, I'm a huge sneakerhead, and I actually landed a internship at the headquarters, um, for that summer. And I told my boss going into it, I was like, Hey man, there's like a high possibility that I get drafted. So depending on how high I get drafted and the amount of money that I'm originally offered, like that's going to kind of depend on if I do the internship and go back to school for my senior year, or if I decide to forego Mm -hmm. my senior year and go play baseball, which ultimately would mean I can't do the internship. Mm -hmm. And so even going into the draft, like school was extremely important to me because I was like seriously, seriously considering going and doing this at Nike internship, playing my senior year at Gonzaga, finishing it out, and then trying to whole play professionally again thing when the time came. Mm-hmm. And so I sat, talked it over with my agent. We sat down and I was like, okay, this, this is the pick um, where I feel like the signing bonus, that's what it would have take for me to give up my senior year in that Nike internship. Highlight the pick, and I cannot make this up, literally got drafted that pick pick 172 to (laughs) oakland (laughs) to oakland six round you know and i was like okay this is destiny this is what i'm supposed to do and but i made a promise to myself if i'm going to go play professional baseball i want to finish my degree like i've worked so hard to not only get into a great school like Gonzaga university but come as far as i have with my grades and I've, i've got one year left to, to knock this thing out. And I, it's really important to me that I do that 
because as as you know and a lot of guys know this game doesn't last forever as a player and I want to be able to have something to fall back on when my playing career is over and just jump right into my next career rather than okay I'm done playing now I got to go back to school and finish my degree you know what I mean yeah that just for me I was like it just makes sense all, all of the material and everything that I've learned is still fresh in my mind. Um, I can go into these, um, you know, my final exams, feeling confident that I didn't miss a beat um, or had a two, three, ten-year gap, whatever you want to call it, yeah. and um, have to try and relearn everything. So it just made sense for me and decided to do that. And during my last semester, it would have been right after the Astros won the World Series. I think it was two weeks after they won. Uh, I'm driving to class from my apartment and I get a call and it comes up on my truck screen. Um, area code is Oakland, California. I'm like, obviously this is the A's. I was like, I wonder why they're calling. It's November. I, they must be telling me when I need to go to spring training. Yeah. And I answer the, pick up the phone and it's David Forrest, the mm. general manager of the Oakland A's. And I was like, Oh, this is a quite a surprise. I don't normally talk to people like you. <laughs> and he starts small talking me, you know, asking how I'm doing, how's school going, everything like that. And we, we catch up for about five minutes and he's like, well, I've got some, some pretty sad news. We're actually trading you to the Houston Astros. Um, you know, it's one of those things where we were kind of looking for 40 man depth and we needed an outfielder. Um, they have a guy we really like and um, they decided that they wanted to go with you. Um, you know, it's a business. Um, you can contact so and so from the Astros. They'll get off you squared away and everything like that. So yeah. hang up the phone and I'm like driving and I was like, I, did that really just happen it's like, unreal like, it's like it's surreal right like, because you, yeah, like, I'm just you like, don't prepare I, yourself for a call no like no and it's like i has gotten so comfortable with oakland i i love my teammates my coaches was really looking forward to um that second full season um and everything like that and you're just like wow this is yeah this reality. is a big change yeah, yeah. and uh call my agent and he's like you're joking, right? Like you're you're messing with me. I was like, no, I swear. Like, he didn't. He didn't I even know. Just got, he didn't know yet. Oh, he didn't wow. know. That's how. That's how. I I think that trade literally must have happened that morning, and they called me, and it must have just gotten done because I then when I contacted the Astros, they were like, hey, this is the media release hasn't even happened yet. Like right. we're still getting all of this kind of stuff going. Don't tweet anything about it, like or anything like that. I was like, okay, yeah, no problem. Right. And, but it was a whirlwind and. Uh, it's, but it was cool. Like I got traded for Ramon Laureano. Yeah, he just made the best the, play in the history yeah, of the in, world. In the history of baseball. Ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then last year he had that play where he, he caught that fly ball, threw that guy out yeah. um, all the way from that the warning track on a hoax. fly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, good uh, trade, but, man. That's a yeah, good highlight yeah. for you in your career, though. Yeah, and it, for I me, saw it's that like, and I, I was like, wow. <laughs> yeah, for me, I was like, I didn't even know who this guy was. And then I kind of started looking him up and, you know, I was like, okay, I played in double A, you know, obviously sounds like a pretty good player. Yeah. And then like a month or two goes into the season and it is, he's in the big leagues. He's a I'm dude. Like, wow. Okay. He, yeah. uh, yeah, I got traded for a big leaguer. That's kind of cool. <laughs> now I got to live up to that. Now, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And that was actually something when I got to Houston, I think I kind of put a little bit too much pressure on myself, just like you said, sure. trying to live up to that expectation of, okay, this is a guy that got traded for a big leaguer. And I already kind of like, when I walk into a room, I don't exactly look like the spitting image, prototypical baseball pitcher. 
that you would think you know, five ten five, five, I, no on a good day that's what <laughs> like I'm like actually like i'm more like realistically like i'm five foot eight five foot nine somewhere in that general vicinity oh, and man. Uh, so for me it's like you know you're always you always kind of like kind of fighting that battle um as a shorter pitcher you know like there's that stereotype and t- thankfully for today's game you know you see a lot of guys like marcus stroman uh sunny gay sunny grace excuse me and yeah. uh he, uh, those two guys have been really like my huge role models. Um, but they've kind of been the pioneers to kind of break that stereotype and be like, Hey, just because we're under six foot tall, doesn't mean, uh, we can't pitch, you know? So, uh, that's kind of, for me, those expectations, uh, of being traded for a big leaguer and then trying to battle, um, those stereotypes and overcome that. I put a lot of pressure on myself and yeah. I think last year, um, my first year with Houston, I kind of started slower than I would have liked, but as we kind of picked up steam, got more familiar with my, my new coaches and my new teammates, um, we started to figure some things out and now I couldn't be happier with the organization that I'm in. Yeah. So I know Houston is big on like the data analytics and, um, mm-hmm. without getting like too like fully dive down the rabbit hole of data analytics. Yeah. Like, yeah. What is, what is it that, that Houston really saw in you or see in you? Uh, as far as like that side of the spectrum goes yeah so obviously i can't give away all of our secrets you know because everyone (laughs) listens uh, to this podcast this one yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) no like i mean as far as your repertoire because i and correct me no on four seam uh fastball changeup spike curve Mm -hmm. slider yeah yeah absolutely um no it's it's not a big secret uh for me uh, I've always had like a really good fastball, um, kind of like what used to be known as a heavy fastball or late life to it, um, which okay. essentially translates in today's game and stat cast era. Yeah. I have a really high spin rate on my fastball. Uh, you know, I have, have the ability to create a lot of good hopping action, a lot of ride through the strike zone, get a lot of swing and misses, but I only, I only sit like 91 to 94. You know what I mean? Um, And then on, yeah, (laughs) well, you know how it is. I know it's crazy, bro. It seems like you look at every single person in the big leagues is throwing 97. Crazy. Like, okay. Yeah. What am I doing? I'm going to play hockey. And then, yep. (laughs) (laughs) Something else. That's uh, but, uh, yeah. So then, uh, after my fastball, I've got, uh, what's, the Houston described as a pretty elite changeup. Um, and then my br- two breaking balls needed work. So Houston felt that the fastball and changeup were solid. Um, definitely something that they can work with and then they can teach me how to throw a curveball and a slider. And that's still kind of my process. Last year was, um, my first year in Houston, we really tried to develop a curveball. And now this year it's really focusing on the slider. Um, so it, I feel like, their plan is working perfectly. And then it also just fit in perfectly with my development process because I knew that my two breaking balls were not um, exactly big league average um, when I first got drafted. And that was something that I was trying to work on with Oakland and then came over to Houston. But uh, yeah, so they just felt like I had a really good fastball with um, an elite spin rate and then a good changeup. And they felt like that was something that they could work with um, to try and develop um, these two other pitches to hopefully get me over the hump and create a repertoire um, that would have success um, in the big leagues. Yeah. So if you don't mind me asking, like, what is your RPMs on your heater? Um, I threw um, live at driveline during the off season. And I think my average spin rate on my fastball was like 2,700. Jeez, 20, 20, yeah. 
yeah, 26, 2700 in that range. I, yeah, I think I threw one one pitch at 2800 on a fastball at that those live abs. So I gotta so, ask, dude, for like yeah. my I, for me <laughs> for me to know because I'm like, dude, I I think last year um, when I got signed by Texas, I yeah. they gave me like a sheet at uh, the, well the the Rangers will give you a sheet like at the end of your starts, and it has yeah. like my data analytics on there. And okay. I was throwing heaters, like I kid you not, mm-hmm. dude. Like my average two seam was like yeah. seventeen fifty. Yeah, and, and I'm yeah. like, that's a change. Like people are spinning changeups like that, and I was like, what the mm-hmm. heck's going on? So yeah. it, when you hold a four seam, are your fingers closed or are they? Um, so yeah, my fingers are um, pretty close together. And then one thing that I'm trying to think about is actually having the two pads of my pointer finger and middle finger resting directly on top of the lace you see a lot of guys that get it more in that first knuckle or actually like that crevice right? the lace. yeah exactly that's what i do and, Man. yeah and for me like i'm actually trying to feel my fingertips on the like on the lace specifically so that way if you do it like with a baseball in your hand you i got it right experiment now <laughs> like if you Feels start weird. to roll roll the baseball um off your fingers you can notice that you're actually at, at right when the ball's about to come off, you're actually pulling down directly on the right. crevice of the, that lace. So I, I, that's how I hold it. And I'm thinking about trying to really feel my fingers pulling down on that lace to try and create that backspin action. Um, and then obviously, like, you know, if you throw a two seam, you know, you're only working with two seams that are um, going through the air. Whereas the four seam, you can kind of pull down on those laces and you use those four seams to create the backspin. So uh, two seams typically have a little bit lower spin rate, but yeah. then you also have a lot of arm fade in yeah. action. Whereas my, my ball doesn't do that. My more so is kind of just straight, but it has that hopping action kind of like so the hitter perceives that it's going up, but it's actually yeah. um, just defying gravity and just holding its plane. Do you not get um, like super bad blisters on your fingers from from no, from doing not that? A, not at all. Not at really? all. I uh, no, just my fingers are never had a problem with it. That's just kind of how I've always thrown the baseball, and uh, yeah, they've never had an issue. That's interesting because like even me just sitting here like playing with that, I feel like. Uh, well, one. My- Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I, and this is probably why my two seam moves a good bit is like my middle finger is, is like 18 inches longer than my index. So for me to like get my uh, like crev- uh, finger tips on that seam mm-hmm. would be like I have to shift the ball a little bit. Um, yeah and then yeah. i was like just feeling like that would uh anyways um yeah it's, it, it's it, not it for everybody it yeah. it's not for everybody but uh it's what works for me and <laughs> it makes me a little bit unique and i'm very thankful for that oh um, i love that about the yeah. game of baseball though you yeah. know it's like what, yeah for yeah. sure um but whatever works for you i want to so i know i don't want to like dive too much d- deeper into like the, the the astros but i am curious like when uh are they like advanced as far as like the technology goes? Like, are they using yeah. like TrackMan? They're using yeah. electronic cha- cameras and they're like all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm 
I'm not going to sit here and lie and pretend like, oh, what what is Edgertronic? What is TrackMan? You know what I mean? Right. Um, it's not. It's no secret that the Astros are probably. Oh no, it's out there. Like, light light years ahead. You know, like Kyle, like you talk to Kyle Bodie, the yeah. founder of Driveline. He'll tell you the Astros um, and the Dodgers are light years ahead in terms of technology, data analytics, and all of that kind of stuff. So. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, that's the reason why I go to driveline um, and train in the off season is because they have the Edratronic, they have the Rapsodo, the portable track, man, like all of that kind of information that I need um, that I use during the season uh, to help me progress as a baseball player. Um, so, yeah, you know, it's it's no secret the Astros are doing some pretty incredible things. I'm extremely thankful to be a part of it. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, Hopefully for all the you listeners out there that are hoping to play professional baseball one day, I can tell you that the Astros would be a fantastic team to play for in terms of your player development because they they're doing some pretty incredible stuff. Yeah, I mean that that just like that brings up another point too as far as like the my listeners who probably yeah. like, you know, 80% of them are ball players, you know, aspiring mm-hmm. professional ball players and it's like, you know, everyone's just too good now. It's like you have to you have to put yourself in the drive lines or in the facilities yep. that are paying mm-hmm. attention to your your data analytics, paying attention to your, you know, the the yeah. super 960 frames per second cameras to really mm-hmm. find the underlying issues within your delivery and like all of that yep. stuff. I mean, that it's yep. it's just the 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 era that we're that we're in, man, where it's like it's funny you look even just like a decade ago, you know, when I, right around the time that I was getting drafted and yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm old, but it was like, Oh, this guy throws 95. Like, yep. First round. Ready to go. Yep. It used to be just one thing. And now there's so many different ways to um, evaluate players. And uh, I, like you said, I, I don't, I don't feel like younger players need to feel necessarily that pressure to okay i've got to start throwing you know plyo care balls and yeah. get myself an edratronic and a rap soto you know and i'm 13 years old you know what i mean i don't right. feel like that's necessarily the case i still think that there is value in learning the game the way everybody learns the game which is just playing catch starting with the basics what what the my my biggest advice when i talk to young kids um and that are aspiring baseball players is watch the game Watch the way professional baseball players play the game. You know, watch, go to the, watch MLB games, go to MLB games. If you just pay attention to like simply and just like try and like mimic the way that they throw a baseball, I promise you that it's probably going to do a lot more good than bad. You know what I mean? And I just feel like um, you got to have a little bit of unique, uniqueness to yourself as well. You know, if you look at it, there's no cookie cutting approach in the MLB, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, Clayton Kershaw does not throw the exact same way as Aroldis Chapman, but mm-hmm. they both are elite pitchers in the big leagues. You know what I mean? Right. There is so many different ways to get people out, so many ways to hit a ball, you know, 400 feet, you know, like like I said, yeah. Stanton does it differently than Judge. Even right. Like you look at two guys on the same team, very different swings, but, you know, two great, great hitters. Um, yeah. I just feel like there's a lot of value in just simply watching the game. And that's how, like for me. I grew up watching the Colorado Rockies and I remember my favorite hitter was Todd Helton. And even though I hit right-handed, I tried to mimic kind of like the way Todd Helton swung a baseball bat. And for a while there, like it worked out really well as I was growing up through my youth ranks. And then obviously you get into high school and that's where you kind of start separating yourself and need to be a little bit more detailed 
and uh, fine tune like all like the mechanical and like technical stuff within your approach and truly start diving into the game because uh, that's where you start trying to kind of separate yourself. But yeah, I mean, I think technology is great. I think it's an awesome thing where um, you see now more and more players are getting better and better. Um, But at the same time, I feel like there's a lot of value in just uh, kind of picking the baseball up and trial trial and error. Simplicity, man, really. We can complicate it all we want, but uh, it doesn't have to be. Um, All right, dude, I want to be respectful of your time. So uh, I appreciate you coming on the show, man. And – Dude, best of luck tonight. I'll be sure to. Hey, yeah. I'll be sure to tune in. Um, yeah, thanks and, for having me, man. Yeah, dude, absolutely. It's been fun, dude. So, yeah, yeah man. Best of luck tonight. Thanks for coming on the show, and and you and I will be sure. in touch moving forward, brother. All right, sounds good. Thanks right, again. Yeah, man. Have a good one. See you. Hey. All right, guys. That's it for this episode. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, like always, if you enjoyed the episode, then I would highly encourage you and highly appreciate you if you left a review for this episode. Um, let me know how I'm doing. Let me know if there's anything that you need me to improve on. Let me know if there's anyone that you want me to bring on the show. Uh, like I said in the introduction, that you can always find me on Instagram at RobbieRow12. And also my website, www.therobbyrowshow.com. So be sure to go check those means of uh, communication out. And we will talk to you probably within the next couple of days. And I look forward to it. Y'all have a good rest of your day. Much love. God bless. Talk to you. Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18+. Plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.